What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the next episode of Against the Grain. Um, I'm just going to pray and we're going to jump right in because y'all read the title. We got to go. Dear God, I just want to say thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to share another podcast, God. Just thank you for this platform that you've given me. God, I want to pray for my mom right now, God, as she gets ready, God, to speak, God, what you've placed on her heart, God. I just thank you for this conversation, this fellowship, for just allowing her to be in my life, God, and for allowing the things that she went through, God, and her experiences, God, to be a testimony to somebody today, God. So I'm praying, God, that the hearts and ears of the listeners be open, God, and that new revelation comes forth, God, that is transforming for somebody today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What's up, everybody? So I got the special guest of all special guests on my podcast today. Um, She goes by many names, many titles. She's a mother. She's a, what, teacher. She's a caregiver. She's TT. She ain't Gmail yet, but um, that's coming later on down the line. But anyway, um, I got my mom, Lisa 2X, Lisa Faye, <laughs> whatever y'all know her as, but I just call her mom. Um, so today, um, for all of y'all that saw the poll that I did, just asking like what y'all names mean and stuff like that, um, I thought it'd be cool since y'all know my name is Akil, middle name Kamal for those listening to my music. Um just to see and talk to my mom to figure out like where she, where my name comes from and like I have a I have a younger sister named Akila, an older sister named Samina amongst four other names that she has and then a little brother named Samuel. So we just gonna um she's just gonna share a little bit of her testimony. I think it'll be cool for y'all to to see and to hear and it brings up a lot of questions that y'all may not know about me or my life um or just where I got my name from honestly. Um so yeah. So ma um where did you get our names from? Like, Samina, Samina being the oldest, her name is Samina Ajane, Zakia, Muhammad, Thomas. That's a mouthful. Then, like, me, Akil Kamal, Akila Khadija. And then, even, I know Samuel's name is biblical, but Samuel Shakim is middle name. Like, where did all that come from? Okay, when Samina was born, me and Chris was in the nation. And of course, Chris being her uh, ex husband. Chris was my ex husband, Samina's dad. And of course, um, that's one of the first things that you name about your origin of your name and how you got your name. And that really is not your name. Like we had, we have slave names. Mm-hmm. We have the name that the slave owner gave our families. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always knew when I had children, I didn't want to give them a slave name. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give them an African name or mm-hmm. a Muslim name or really an Arabic name. An Arabic name. Because okay. it has its origin in mm-hmm. in, in, in Arabic. Yeah. Right. People think that's the same thing. That's, Arabic is Muslim is Muslim is somebody that practices the Islamic faith. Faith, right. But the I guess Arabic is like the language the that's language associated. That is. Yeah. And so there's a book called Muslim and African Name Book mm-hmm. that of course I learned about about being a part of the nation of Islam in the mosque. That's a name book that you look and you study the names. You know, uh, as Muslims, you don't name your child. You have a name in mind mm-hmm. before they're born, but you wait three to seven days before you actually officially give them their name. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Samina was born, it caused a major problem at the hospital because they said I couldn't even take my baby home because I had named her. Are you kidding me? And this was back in 90... 90- she was born in 93. They didn't even want me to take Samina home. Now you have to give her a name. Who says so? <laughs> and so the lady called me every day, mm-hmm. two or three times a day, asking me, was I ready to name her? No, ma'am. When, you know, because <laughs> they need to fill out the birth certificate. Mm-hmm. I, she she went home as Thomas' baby. Okay. She originally went home as Thomas' baby because I had named her. We had names in mind. Let me tell you how I got Samina's name. When I was a little girl, not a little girl, but growing up, my big brother Lee called me Fatty because mm-hmm. I was chubby. Chill out all y'all body dysmorphia people. It's just a nickname. It's yeah, just a joke. he called me Fatty. That was his little nickname for me. And my grandmother, who has since passed away, a lady who I admire, I sat at her feet and listened to all her childhood stories and stories of her life because I was curious. Talking about grandma? Grandma. Oh, so that's my great grandmother. Yeah. yeah, so your kid's great-grandmother was my mother, my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And she told me, when she heard Lee call me that, 
she said her brother called her that growing up. So your grandmother's brother called her fatty. Called her fatty because she was she had the same body style like me. We were chubby. Mm -hmm. And we did. I didn't know. We didn't even. We didn't know that. Had I not sat down, mm-hmm. had a conversation with her, and then she heard Lee call me that. Mm-hmm. So when I was trying to find out Samina's name, of course you want to give your child a name that has meaning, mm-hmm. something they can grow up and live up into the the name, mm-hmm. not just fly by night is, mm-hmm. you know. So we thought about. We wanted her to be intelligent. We wanted pressure. She was all of this. But then when I saw one of the meanings of Samina was fatty, mm-hmm. it was a way for me to have her connected to me and my grandmother. Okay. My brother called me. Her brother called mm-hmm. her. And this name, because I knew I wasn't going to name her after my grandmother's name, mm-hmm. even though my middle what, name what is, is my grand- grandma's name. Virginia Faye. Oh, Virginia Faye. I knew I wasn't going to name her Virginia. I didn't want her to have Faye because my middle name was Faye. So we weren't doing that. So that was a way for me to connect mm-hmm. her name to our, the little special thing that me and my grandmother shared. For mm-hmm. my firstborn daughter, that's how she connects to me and my grandmother. So what else does Samina mean other than fatty? Or precious. Precious? Okay. Her name meant precious. Okay. And to me, she, that's yeah. what she was precious. Mm-hmm. And so that was her name. So that's how Samina got her name. What about her other names? The Ajane is promising. Uh-huh. Zakia is one who increases in goodness, virtuous, intelligent. She uses reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's where... And that's where that's the, the connection, connection between Akil and Akila because your names mean intelligent one. Akil and Akila means intelligent one who uses reasons. Mm-hmm. So that's the connection of you... Mm-hmm. Akila and, and Samina. Y'all names have those three meanings. Mm-hmm. So that's how I came up with that. And the reason why everybody joke about Samina's name, her name is Samina Ajane Zakia. But the lady, when she did my baby's name, left Zakia off. The birth when I got the birth certificate and saw that, I called and went off. And she was like, well, it wasn't enough room to put Zakia. Excuse me. You could have put it. That's what this lady told me. Lady don't got a space bar. She said because she had too many names Mm -hmm. and it wasn't enough room to put Zakia. But that's my. That's what I named her. That's her name. Well, it's on her birthday, but not. So that's why so we're about to always. Every day by the name. Then you get a name, and she want to put the whole name. Ain't that on crazy, the paper, kill? On the paper, child. Ain't that crazy? Who child? For somebody to even, you know, <laughs> why would you do this? Ain't even about you, like This just a job you doing. I, if I would have <laughs> gave you fifty names, you should have figured out a way to put it on that paper. Oh my God. Like if I was something other than uh. uh we uh, yeah, who is she? I would have went down to the, I found her who she was, and it would have been a different story. But see, Lord, I had Lord. I rose above my emotions, <laughs> you know. But that's still my baby name. Okay. And you know, we talked about over the years. I would have had to pay the money mm-hmm. to get it officially, and I intended to do that, but we never did. But in my mind, in your sister's mind, in everybody's mm-hmm. mind, it's a mean the Ajane's Ikea Muhammad Thomas. That's her name. How did Chris... So Chris was in agreement with... The, yeah. The heat? Okay, we so, kind of chose it together. Okay. You know, he was in agreement with it all. Okay. We agreed on what her name would be. We prayed about it. We, you know, we had, like I said, several uh things that we were looking at. When you come out, you, you see the baby, the personality of the child, mm-hmm. and all those different things. Okay, so fast forward four years later, now we got get to money. To kill. And so... That was a struggle because now I'm divorced from Chris. I'm, you know, with your dad. And he didn't want me to name you a Muslim name. He wanted you to be a third. Please. And I Please. said, absolutely not. Thank you for not letting me be named Ron We would not be having a third. That don't even sound far. But let's just take a look at some names. Because my brother was already named. My, my older brother was already a junior. Yeah, so we didn't, we wasn't doing that. Uh, <laughs> you know, we wasn't doing that. And so we looked at the book. 
Because initially your name is going to be Amir. Amir. And then when we saw Akil, and Akil tied more to some the meaning of Samina's name, mm-hmm. that's why we went with Akil. Oh, so that's how we end up doing that. And then Kamal means excellence, integrity, integrity, completeness, completeness, perfection. Perfect. Oh, I'm perfectionist. Oh, that makes so much sense. I forgot. What that's Kamal what your middle name means. Akil means wise, mm-hmm. thoughtful, intelligent one mm-hmm. who, who uses, uses reason. reason. That's that. the meaning of Akil. Okay, so. Alright. But uh, so Akila name is the same thing? Akila name. Two year, two years after? Well, yes. a year and a half. Yeah. December 98. Yeah. And and the different the other two meanings that go with Akila's name, intelligent one who uses reason, That's of course. Akila Khadija. Akila Khadija. Akila is smart. She's logical. She's decisive. Very decisive. I never knew about the decisive one. Who Ain't sh- that something? Who child? You know what I'm saying? That's prophetic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If y'all knew Akila, Lord, I'm gonna have to get on the pocket. I don't know what we were talking about, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah. So yeah, yeah all of that. She know what and she when wrote, I just child. went back and reflected on your names, like you know what I'm saying, y'all mm-hmm. grew up into, into those names. Mm-hmm. Y'all be really became. Like it was prophetic, me prophetically mm-hmm. speaking over you, mm-hmm. your journey. Which is cool because I remember, now I remember because I was like seven when Samuel was born. Because mm-hmm. I remember Samuel's name. Sam, the story behind Samuel's name was pretty cool because he got a biblical name, but his middle name is Shaquem. So I guess we'll talk about that. But tell the story about how you got Samuel's name. Samuel's so, my youngest brother. He's what, seven, six, 16, 16 now? Um, you know, Samina, so I, Samina was first, Akil and Akila. So Samina said, mama, this baby name has to be with an S. Okay. You know, she said, you got to name him an S name because I'm Samina, Akil and Akila. So this one, I said, okay. And so I never considered an American name, quote unquote, I wanted a Muslim name, an Arabic name, African name. Mm -hmm. And so... When I looked the book, of course, I was trying to find something that would connect with intelligent or one who uses reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought about Samuel and him really being a prince. Mm-hmm. You know, your whole, you were different. Like, mm-hmm. you were like a love child. Like, oh, because mm-hmm. I was so in love with your daddy. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, but I thought of Samuel in a different light. Mm-hmm. And so, we were... At the Potter's house under Bishop Jakes, and I was about eight, about eight months, I'll say or so. Mm. And I, you know, kept in mind, Samina said this baby had to be an S name, so I, I wanted to honor that. And I didn't want her to be feeling some kind of way if I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So Ron thought, said, What about Samuel and Simeon? I do remember y'all almost named him Simeon. I do remember that. So we, so I started studying Simeon in the Bible, and I'm like, when I started, you know, I did a podcast on Simeon, yeah, and Samuel. I wasn't feeling that Simeon, but okay, we'll see. Bishop was preaching out of the Book of Samuel, a series, and Mm -hmm. usually his series do like four, Mm -hmm. four weeks or so. The first Sunday he started teaching on the Book of Samuel. He mentioned Samuel's name, and every time he mentioned Samuel's name, Samuel kicked him out of stomach. Hmm. When he mentioned Simeon, Samuel hmm. didn't move. So the first Sunday, I'm thinking, it's just a fluke. Hmm. Nah, this me tripping. My mind just, nah, hmm. couldn't be. Okay. We went back second Sunday. Hmm. Happened again. I started thinking, okay, it's more hmm. to this than this. That third Sunday... Mm-hmm. Your dad was sitting next to me because your dad wasn't shooting it. He was sitting next to me. Every time Bishop said Samuel's name, Samuel usually kicked. So the first time he kicked, I said, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Second time, I took your dad's hand and put it on my stomach. And your dad kept it there the whole time Bishop was preaching. And every time Bishop said Samuel, Samuel kicked. I said, that's it. His name mm-hmm. is Samuel. Mm-hmm. His name. He's telling me what, what his name saying? is from the womb. Mm-hmm. His name is Samuel. Mm. So how did y- that's pretty cool. So how did y'all come up with Shaquem? 
Because when we looked in the book and it said Prince mm-hmm. and we, we felt like Samuel's journey would be more that of a prince's journey. Mm-hmm. Him being the baby, mm-hmm. you know, the last child. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just thought he would be treated like a prince. And yes, you see, yeah. he's yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's mm-hmm. a prince. Like everybody, you know what I'm saying? So I thought, no, I feel him. He's, you know, his journey will be that more of a prince. Mm. So now you got four kids. All of them have some form of Arabic names mm-hmm. to them. So... When you were when you were first started off and you was talking about like how the slave names and stuff like that, was that something you were taught growing up? Like talk about because when you were Christian, so you grew up Christian, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you were with Chris, when you were with Samina's dad, Chris, that's when you um, joined the Nation of Islam, right? So is that where that um, knowledge of the Arabic names and stuff came from, or did you have any of that prior to I that time? Sort of had some prior to too. I had an auntie. On my dad's side, mm-hmm. who joined the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. And I remember when she first joined, it was just like a big... My family just didn't know how to handle that. Because mm-hmm. so they were mostly Christian. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we grew up in the church. We, mm-hmm. That's all we knew. And so, that kind of took everybody for a loop. Mm-hmm. But she married a Muslim man. He was already a Muslim when oh. she married him. It mm-hmm. was different. With Chris, he wasn't a Muslim man. Okay. Oh, we okay. actually joined the nation together. Okay. We were part of a group called the African-American Role Models. Mm-hmm. He, we were dating, though. He was a part of the male version, mm-hmm. and I was a part of the female version. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of activities together. And this is in St. Louis? It's in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. They would always invite us to go to the mosque because one of the brothers who started the group was mm-hmm. a Muslim, mm-hmm. but it was never any pressure. Mm-hmm. This open invitation, come whenever, da, da 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 da. So we decided, and then you know, my big brother Lee was heavily into. Mm-hmm. So, um, and my uncle June, he June talks Swahili. Oh, he's so Swahili? He, yeah, all the time. June speaks Swahili. We said Jumbo Bargani. Oh, that's yeah. what he said. That's how he greeted everybody. Oh, yeah, that so he he studied, and, mm-hmm. and you know, so I would hear. I had bits and pieces and snippets, but it wasn't until I actually. When I got into African American role models, they taught a lot about culture, about you know, and a this lot is of in that. the nineties too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it just got deeper in the eighties, eighties and so okay. yeah. It got deeper as I joined the nation. But we were part of the African American role models and then we started going to the mosque. I literally a kill, because the mosque starts at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. This is what I would do every Sunday. I go to church. <laughs> Sing in the choir. Whatever was, whatever was my Sunday to do. Because I used to direct the choir at church. Mm-hmm. Whatever was my Sunday to do. Usher, choir. I go to church. Lead church and go to the mosque. Wow. I did that like for months. Wow. For months. So what was the difference between the two like services? At, during, at that time. Like for you. From your experience. What was... Um, in, this is before you joined, like officially. before I joined. Like what? what Just was the whole the, like? the flow of it was different. Mm-hmm. We got you know we didn't have music mm-hmm. and it's not that whole out of there. Yeah. I mean there are people, there are speakers, and mm-hmm. you know, um, you know there are particular subjects, mm-hmm. a lot of culture, and you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of uh, just different topics and so what led. I guess you can get into that. Like, what led to you eventually, you and Chris, like, how big of a role did Chris play into, like, both of y'all becoming, like, converting? Well, you, I guess, I don't know what Chris was, but your conversion of the sort to that other type of faith. That I think one of the reasons, I think I was so unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't finding fulfillment in the church. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, it had to be more than this. Is this all it is? Mm-hmm. Like it's more, it's got to be more to it than this. And the church didn't really speak to me as a black woman. No, you was in me, the black church, right? Yeah. And you was in the black church? In the black church. Shit, this is what I have a brown church now, right? I mean, yeah. It was a family <laughs> church. It was, of course, an old pastor who couldn't uh-huh. see, couldn't read. I mean, he... Uh-huh. He should have sat sat down years ago. Love oh, you know that. what I'm saying. So all of that, I think it was just I was just so unfulfilled, mm-hmm. and just was saying, 
it got to be more to this. And I was serving, but I did not have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. But I thought my service was how Mm -hmm. I was relating to God. Mm, Not the same thing. That's a nugget. But nobody told me any different. Mm -hmm. But I knew something had to be different because I felt so unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. So I knew it's this service thing because I'm I'm at the church every Sunday. Literally living with mama, I could have went to the club. (laughs) <laughs> Got home at five o'clock in the morning. And you, you better be at church. church. Hmm. Yeah, no, mama, I believe. I what t- I don't care what time you coming to her. And remember, and if I was doing that, I was grown. Mm-hmm. I won fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I was over twenty one. Cause you met you met Chris after you got out of college, right? Or were you in college? No, I I had graduated college, all of that. Remember, mm-hmm. I had your sister at twenty nine. Oh right, so yeah, I was, was the oldest. Girl mm-hmm. on the maternity ward floor. They talk mm-hmm. I was too old to be having a baby at 29. No, I wasn't. Back in the ni- yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. But I'm saying, and a lot of the girls in there, they want their second or third babies. I'm on my first. Wow. And I was the oldest one. So, that mean, they was younger than 29 mm. on their second and third. And this is in 93. 1993. So, I felt so unfulfilled, Akela. I knew it had to be more... Uh, I was just turned off by the whole church thing. I felt like there was no revelation. Mm-hmm. I would go to the mosque and I would get revelation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it was like nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? Just empty over here. Go to the mosque. I'm getting revelation. Mm-hmm. So of course, the more and more and more. So I just left. So how did the family respond to that? Totally different response. Mm-hmm. Well, was Uncle um, Lee already there too? But Uncle Lee was already there. Oh, so okay. He had yeah, already a, joined. He was the, already there. Mm-hmm. And my mom was amazing because, like, the first thing we gave up was pork. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, you just immediately. Mm-hmm. We kind of started giving up that when we was in African-American Roma. Because mm-hmm. they teach you about healthy living and da 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 and all the ordinance. So, a lot of the stuff we learned in the African-American role model group, but... That's the first thing we gave up. Mama would literally cook two meals on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Or during mm-hmm. the week, she would cook two meals. Bacon, yeah. We gave it up. So, Mama would cook two meals. She know we didn't eat it anymore. She would cook us fish or whatever we wanted. Okay. Whatever we wanted. So, so, so now, okay, so now you didn't, Uncle Lee's there, you and Chris there. So, how long were you apart? How long did you practice that? And what was it like for you? What was your experience? And as a Muslim, what was your Muslim experience like? It was in the nation of Islam, my experience in practicing being a Muslim, that I actually developed a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was another level of commitment to develop a relationship. Oh, yeah, because Muslims be committed. Boy, and, some of the, and, you know, some of the things that you do help you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, going to church and serving and singing in the choir, that don't necessarily develop in a relationship with God. True. But you hitting that floor at 5 in the morning and to praying pray. five times a day, mm-hmm. or just that that 5 o'clock in the morning prayer for me was the thing. Mm-hmm. I was committed. I made the commitment because I wanted to um, know God and really have a relationship with God. And mm-hmm. I was hearing people say they heard from him. And and I I know I was hearing from God, but I really didn't recognize it was so much mm-hmm. battle in my mind. Is this really Him? But when I hit that prayer rug at five o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. like everything for me changed. So I remember Cherish asking the question. Um, so when you were when you were, when you prayed as a Christian versus as a Muslim, did you feel as if you were praying to the same God? Yes. Yes. I always believed I was praying to the same God. Mm-hmm. I never thought that the Muslims had a different God and the Christians had a different God. Even though it's I a always, different name. Even though well, it's a different name. It's all a Because when you study a kill, mm-hmm. the God has many names. Exactly. God Bingo. just don't have one name. Exactly. So if you don't study and know, that's why in the nation we study Bible and Quran and, and other religions. Because when you don't study and you don't know, you think, well, if if you ain't if God calling him God, if you calling him Allah, he ain't God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just seen the power of God move. I just seen the Holy Spirit move in a nation. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, so, it, but if you don't know, then you're judgmental and saying, now they, they got, and mm-hmm. it's and a I fake guy, it's a phony guy. That's not, that's not the case. Christians are some of the most judgmental people, but yeah. also some of the ones that don't be reading and studying. Exactly. Which is what blows me about it. And that was another thing we did in the nation. We studied mm-hmm. all religions. Mm-hmm. Our, our um, Bible study you you studying Quran and Bible mm-hmm. all all the time. You study both, and then we study other religions. Mm-hmm. We study other religions, so that was amazing. And then just developing me as a woman, of course. What am I, Miss Little Worker Bee? So I get in the nation and did the same thing that I was doing mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. I'm working. I'm serving. I'm this. So what were you doing? I rose to the ranks of lieutenant. Damn. On the women's side, Captain Lieutenant. Oh. First Lieutenant Section. I rose through the ranks. I became, at our local mosque in St. Louis, I was Lieutenant. So, what did that entail? What was. Basically, I ran oh, the okay. women's program, everything. So and the what, women what, meet what? on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, we have junior MGTs. MGT? It, it's okay. called Junior MGT, Muslim Girl in Training. Mm-hmm. MGT stands for Muslim Girl in Training. And we trained. We train girls. We train women. To we train them to be wives, to be mothers, to be entrepreneurs, okay. to be women. Okay. Black women, women. Black women. Yes, ma'am. And every, every, the whole woman. The whole woman. Mm-hmm. And that intrigued me. I call cadence. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to call cadence. What's that? Stepping. Okay. Okay. We did that. You do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call cadence for him. So I rose to the ranks of lieutenant. So the next spot with me was captain. Because mm-hmm. what am I? I'm, mm-hmm. That's what I do. I work on my work. Be. But the difference was I had a relationship with God and I heard from him. Mm-hmm. That was the difference. The work became different. I also got the opportunity to sit front row for Minister Farrakhan, mm-hmm. which was really an amazing thing because... They never let women sit front row. So how did... And they they made the decision because we were getting trained in everything. Mm -hmm. How to take down a man stronger than us and... Oh, Lord. Yeah. How to take... And so I was selected. Mm -hmm. I think it was about maybe 20 of us. Mm -hmm. And it was really... I had really prayed because I was like, me sitting front row says... They got to get past me to get to Minister Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. I took that very, very seriously. I'm sure. And I prayed, Lord, please don't no, let no, nothing no, pop no, off no, in this no. meeting today. But guess what? If it do, <laughs> I'm ready. So what else? What else did y'all? So did you go through the MGT? Yeah. So what? What was you, everybody? Our women do. So that's what? our. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Was there anything that you learned there or just throughout your time um, of your life that you still, like, apply, like, elsewhere or took, like, later on? Like, I think my whole experience, I raised y'all that way, mm-hmm. you know, um, being protective of each other, especially with my boys, making sure they're protected of us, mm-hmm. uh, us protecting of one another, mm-hmm. um, stuff like, remember I told you about just security around the house. Remember how yeah. I make y'all check the house every night? Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have to teach Samina how to roll out of the bed. Roll out the bed? Mm-hmm. I taught her how to roll out the bed. How we roll, roll out There's the bed. There's a certain way to roll out the bed? Mm-hmm. You have to teach your children that because we didn't know what was going to happen. We we had drills and stuff at the mosque. And remember, I, used to, I taught her how I would turn off the light mm-hmm. and call her name in the dark. You have to teach your children not to be afraid of the dark. Because if they were going to attack the moms, the first thing they would do would cut off the power, right? Uh-huh. So if I'm in a nursery with my ch- with my daughter mm-hmm. and the lights go off, I don't want her to scream and holler. Mm-hmm. I want to just sit there and calmly call her name and she find me in the dark. That was a drill we did with our children in the nursery every week. Wow. It was and like the, that, though? It they was like, they might it was like that. In the 80s and 90s? It was like that. that was over. And when... 
I started teaching her that at home. Mm-hmm. I would turn off the lights. Because Chrissy said, she find you anywhere in the house in the dark. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Mina knew the house in the dark. Because mm-hmm. I would go in different rooms in the house at night, mm-hmm. turn the light off, and call her name. And she would find me. And it don't matter if it was music playing in there or the TV playing. Or no matter what else was going on in the house, she would always find me. By me, just call Samina. Just mm-hmm. keep saying her name, Samina. Over and over again until she found me. Mm-hmm. And so that was a drill we did with our children in the mosque on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely do. Um remember that story. The importance of security. Remember we used to travel? Mm-hmm. What you and Sam used to do? Man, we we had to, to stop and go. We had to stand. Me and my little brother. Well, before my brother came, it'd be just me. But we had to, whenever we traveled or even if we was at the store. If my mom or my sister or any of them went in the bathroom, we had to stand outside the bathroom by the door. Not too close, but by the door. And if it took too long, if they were in there for too long, I was told to come in and see what was going on. I'm like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And it always made me nervous because I'm looking at the watch that wasn't on my wrist. Like, okay, how long is too long? Like, when is... But, yeah, I used to have to do that. I mean, I understand the security behind it now. Um, and I luckily, I never had to walk up into the women's bathroom for whatever reason. But, yeah, it was always stuff like that. Um, even, like, I remember I didn't start sleeping with my door closed till I went to college. Mm-hmm. Like, when growing up. I remember you you slept with your door open so you could hear the house. But I, I have did, to hear the house. I did the same thing. It, it was I don't. That's where they came from. Mm-hmm. I have to hear the house, and sleeping with the door closed, uh, you can't hear your house. Mm-hmm. I just and I have to you you know, I have to hear the house. Same like I just started sleeping with my door closed till I got a dorm room in college, and then like when I moved off campus and I had roommates, I did, and then. Now, when I got my own apartment, my door is cracked. I don't see with it all the way open, but not all the way closed. But it's not that. But I mean, yeah. even now, I see, I don't see with it all the way closed. It's mm-hmm. cracked. Mm-hmm. But especially when y'all were growing up and y'all were younger. And then, you know, like with your dad, he used to work, then get mm-hmm. home to 11, 12, midnight. I got to hurt my house. Mm-hmm. I know every time you went to the ki- kitchen and oh got some juice. Oh, my gosh. No, the next morning. I would know every time. I, I got to hurt, was, I gotta hurt my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to hear my house. And I remember the story. I think part of that, too, not just my training in the nation, but part of that came from, too, I remember when somebody broke in our house when we were little. Oh, okay. And came through the front window. The front window? In the living room. I don't think I heard this story. And I think Uncle Lee was sleeping on the couch or something, but came through the living room window, living room window. Went in mama them room in the bedroom. She was married to uh T and Rob's dad at the time. How is a man you sleep through all of that? Oh. Somebody coming in your living room window. That man, you ain't paying no attention to your house. Mm-hmm. You're not paying attention. And that always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. This man came in. He walked around the house, the living room, came down the hallway to your bedroom. And you sleep. That you and your mama and mama woke up first. Wow. And woke him up and said somebody in the house. What the what? <laughs> no, sir. Man, you ain't first of all, as a man, you ain't gonna sleep that hard. Mm-hmm. But guess what? If you sleeping that hard, I ain't mm-hmm. yeah. I'm here in my house. I'm I'm know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kinda always stuck with me and I think that played a part into why, you know. So what happened? Like, what was? So now you didn't been in the nation all mm-hmm. that time. Those years. Well, how long was that? What was it, like, about three years? Three, three years. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Like at the end of that, like around the time, like you met my dad. Like what was going on? So. And how did that exit happen? I was kind of get. I always maintain my relationship with God, mm-hmm. but the level of teaching that I was getting at the mosque. You know, you go and develop. I, I grew that level of teaching. Mm-hmm. That level of teaching began to me for new beginners mm-hmm. who just trying to learn. Okay, I've been here. I know I learned mm-hmm. the teaching that that particular minister was teaching. Mm-hmm. I needed meat. Mm-hmm. And to me, he was still giving milk. Mm-hmm. So I still maintain everything. And put all my actions and energy into developing young girls and women. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and so, um, some situations happen mm -hmm. with some married men with their women, mm -hmm. and I, I took care of situations before the men did. Dang. And that right there was like, hold up. In the malls? In the malls! And I began to think, I said, you know what? The man in the mosque is just like the man in the church. And this is back then, child. And you ain't doing what you supposed to do. And you ain't listening to her from God. Y'all wearing bow ties and selling papers and all that. Bean pie. But you ain't practicing for real. Mm. You performing. Mm. Well, they do the same thing in the church. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So guess what? For a whole year, I did nothing. Nothing. What I was didn't that go to like? To church or to the mosque. But you did you. But you maintained. I maintained. But you just was okay. I just I couldn't. The hypocrisy. The you 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 ain't living the word. Mm -hmm. You ain't doing the word. Mm -hmm. You reading the word. Mm. Cause I'm seeing some. You know I'm hearing and seeing something different. And it, it I was, I was like nah. I don't want to be bothered with none of it. Mm. And in between that time, when I was in between, that's when I meet your dad. And I was separated from Chris. And, yeah. Okay. So, how did that lead into you going back to church? So, of course, when I meet your dad, mm -hmm. his dad is a pastor. Oh, yeah. My grandpa was a pastor. Yeah. And so... I think that was a conflict with your dad as well because he really didn't understand the Muslim religion. I remember him telling me one time I need to talk to my dad about it. I said, why would you talk to your dad? Your dad don't know nothing about being a Muslim. What he going to tell you is what he heard or he hasn't studied it. Mm -hmm. I walked it. Uh, why would you ask him? Mm -hmm. I said, but you can ask him. <laughs> I mean, we can do it, but like he can't really give you, you know. Huh. And so, of course... I'm dating your dad. His dad is a pastor. They go to church. Okay. So I started going to church. And I remember Akil visiting him in Wichita. And every time I would go to church, I still had my hair covered. Mm. And I had to have a meeting with the pastor because women were offended That's that right. I was coming to church with my hair covered. Why? That's some foolishness. You know what I say? That's why I don't like church people. My they were offended are. that I was coming to church with my head covered. They didn't understand why I got to have my head covered when I come to church. Well, I didn't know that. The pastor did not. Let me say, the pastor didn't say, Lisa, you ain't got to, you can, he said, you can wear your head covered if you want to. Mm. When I went to his office, he had how to eat to live. Wow. He had Message to the Black Man in his bookcase of his books. He Damn. said, I he You made me read that at like 12. I read Message to the Black Man at like 12. And How to Eat to Live. Mm. He said, I want you to. I, he he was just trying to tell me, I don't care what. You could wear your head covered. If they don't understand it, that's on them. Mm. Let me tell you how bad it got. He went out of town. I was just coming to church with my head covered again. Mm -hmm. He went out of town. His associate pastor spoke and did a whole sermon on the Muslim religion. Wow. Just because you was wearing your... See, that's what Just I because I came to church on Sundays with my head go. Wow. That's and so again, when the pastor got back, we had a meeting. Me and the pastor. That's foolishness. And he apologized to me. Because he felt like that was mm -hmm. kind of directed at me or, you know, mm -hmm. I'm influencing young people. I'm just coming to church with my head covered. I, and guess what, Kill? I didn't wear my mm -hmm. my Muslim headpiece. I just had on a scarf. Because mm -hmm. most of my Muslim stuff, I just left at mama. She still really had some of it. I just had on a regular scarf. Over, draped over my head. Of course, you know, it was coordinated with whatever mm -hmm. I felt I had on, but mm -hmm. okay. Uh -huh. But you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I just had on a regular scarf, hmm. and it bothered them so that That's I had to have crazy. two meetings with the pastor. That's crazy. Ain't that crazy? So, I remember you telling me the story about how, like, you and Dad, like, met, like, with the whole, um, 
interrogation thing? What happened with that? So, you know, we did have, like, classes at the mosque and stuff that taught us how to sit uh, when we being questioned, like, how to place our hands, what mm-hmm. to do with our feet, mm-hmm. you know, how to not fidget, mm-hmm. and do different things. And so when you're when I met your dad, I was working at a store. I was an assistant manager, and he came to do an investigation at our store. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's interviewing everybody. Now your dad, like he was bad in interrogation. That's you know that was his that was what he was known for. That's why they sent him. And I he it was my turn to be interviewed. Mm-hmm. And he said. Hmm. He couldn't read me. Hmm. I think that's why he kept having conversations with me because he was trying to figure out why he couldn't read me. Mm-hmm. But you had already been through interrogation training. I had training. been through training. I so had I had a daddy through. that was a master interrogator. <laughs> and my mama had been through interrogation training. Y'all see why I didn't get away with I didn't do too much. But mm-hmm. I didn't get away with nothing as a child. And he said all, all the people he interviewed, I was the one he could not read. Mm-hmm. And that was why. I remember all those things that they had taught me. I said, right hand over left. I, I'll place my feet like that. I remember everything they told me as he was interviewing me. Mm-hmm. Didn't y'all not get along with that first? <laughs> Did you like call him Uncle Tom or something? Yep. Ooh, I said, they sent they token down here to corral the Negroes to make them feel comfortable about talking. <laughs> and he was like, oh, can I see you after this meeting? He was like, excuse me, ma'am, can I, can I have a, yeah, can I see you after this meeting? So first of all, I'm not a token. And I said, I know you don't think you are, but bro, use a token. No. And that's how we, ain't that something? That's how, that's how I started. Crazy. And I think that in itself Mm-hmm. It's like, who is this person? Like, who is she? Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of like that too. Well, but he also said that the word at corporate was talk to me. Mm-hmm. I'll get everybody else to talk because people respected me because you know I was I was a lead and I went from lead to management, mm-hmm. so I had a lot of the employees to respect, especially the black ones. Mm-hmm. So. The first day he got there, I was off and when nobody talked to him. Mm-hmm. So when I get to work the next day, everybody running to me, mm-hmm. telling me, you know, whatever. And then he had called a meeting in the back with all the black employees. And of course, who's the spokesperson? You. Nobody says nothing but me. Well, so that's leadership from both my parents too. I guess, <laughs> where I, I guess that's where I'm mm-hmm. gonna get that from. But that makes sense though, because. I don't know if y'all, I don't necessarily recall y'all specifically teaching us stuff like that. I guess maybe it was just like um, adherent, but I, I've had multiple people throughout growing up. And I talked to Samuel Akiva, like, it's been people tell us like that, not necessarily that they couldn't read us, but I've had people say like, I don't know when you're serious or not, mm-hmm. and, and like little stuff like that. Um I don't think I've ever been formally interrogated, but mm-hmm. well, by my by daddy, yeah, yeah by my dad, mm-hmm. but even still, I think a lot of that stuff just kind of like inadvertently, yeah, just got learned as we all grew up because mm-hmm. we all experienced that at one point or yeah. another. So, when did the when did you? So, it was of course through Papa. That you got introduced to the Potter's House? Yes. And then that's when you found the meat? Ooh. Bishop was like nothing I had never heard before. Mm-hmm. I got healed sitting in them pews. Mm-hmm. Um, in places I didn't even know I need healing. Mm-hmm. That's that anointing. Hallelujah. And so, of course, you know, my relationship with God even gets deeper. Mm-hmm. Because he's given me practical things and practical tools and the stuff that he's preaching is forcing me to examine mm-hmm. my life, mm-hmm. my thinking, my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Like just because you sing in the choir don't mean you got a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And just because you see somebody ushering and they hear faithfully. They hear every time church doors open, that don't mean. Mm-hmm. 
stuff that we just kind of assume. You just assume. Mm-hmm. Everybody in church got a relationship with God. Everybody do. Nah, not so much. True. You know what I'm saying? So stuff that I just assumed, you know. So And so I I felt like he taught me. Mm-hmm. Still now? Do you feel like that? Oh, he still. Years later? Years later. I think that's why I haven't left. I'm still there. Because I still feel like the words that he speak. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I still feel like they're for me. Mm-hmm. Even though I ain't talk to Bishop. True. And I remember I stopped going to I never I never really went to the youth like how you go to like youth mm-hmm. ministry, you mm-hmm. to the youth pastor. I did for like maybe a year or two. Maybe a I think a year mm-hmm. is when I was when I was twelve and Samina was sixteen, seventeen. While Pastor Ross was there, by when Ross was there, or, and after, mm-hmm. yeah, while Pastor Ross was youth pastor, I was going. I, I a little, little, little bit of Pastor Caldwell, um, and then once Pastor Ross left, I'm like thirteen, fourteen. I'm we was in church every Sunday, but Man, I was, we was in the TDJs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I had so we had snack be- bags at church because we'd be at church from seven o'clock to like two, um, but yeah, that's people wonder why because I was getting this at home, and then I'd be a teenager, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, up until the time I went to college, listening to T D Jakes every Sunday and fully comprehending. But that's kind of how I felt a kid when I was in the nation. I felt like in order for me to keep practicing the level of teaching that I not saying my relationship, my relate, but the level of teaching that I that I needed, mm-hmm. I would have had to move to Chicago mm-hmm. because the local mm-hmm. just wasn't enough. I couldn't even see myself going to a church in St. Louis that was the level of teaching mm-hmm. that I needed. Bishop gave me meat. Mm-hmm. Everybody else. They was on that milk and mm-hmm. smush and baby food. I needed meat. And he provided the meat. The local minister didn't provide the meat. Mm-hmm. Nor the church didn't provide the meat. I needed meat. And it was different then. Like now we got like YouTube. Yeah. And See, and we didn't have all those things. I still listen to Mr. Farrakhan. Yeah. Faithfully. I still live with these two now. I still listen to him back then. Mm-hmm. I still listen to him because I needed that meat. I needed that meat. Mm-hmm. You know, I could still go do the work or whatever. Mm-hmm. But just like, you know, with Bishop, I needed I need the meat. Mm. Okay. And so that that what that's really what influenced my decision. I think being in relationship with your dad and you know So what was his so what did his family did his family know that you had that was a Muslim. Uh, at yeah. one point in time, what was their response to that? Or did they have much? Like, what was Papa's response? What did he have? You know what your Papa said to me when I first met him? What? I kid you not. First, he was rubbing all on me like mm-hmm. this. I'm like, oh. excuse me, sir. He said, I'm just trying to see if you was made of gold the way my son talk about you. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. That's the first thing. You know what the second thing was? What? Do you love the Lord? Never ask me nothing about being a Muslim. Do I love the Lord? Mm-hmm. Never ask me, never ask me, to this day, never ask me a question about me being a Muslim. Those were two things he said to me when he first met me. And you said, yes. As, as I said, if I said, I, he, he said, you love the Lord, I said, yes, sir. He said, okay, we good then. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right about Papa, though. That's mm-hmm. what he said to me. That sound about right. That's what he wants to know if I love the Lord. Mm. And now we here. And now we here. So do you think if you would have got like I don't know when Bishop how long Bishop been in ministry. But do you think if you would have found him like before you do you think you ever would have went to the nation? Yeah. Okay. I think it was necessary for me to go to the nation. I think going to the nation actually saved my life. Hmm. Okay. I think going to the nation actually saved my life. And I think when I went to Potter's house um, and I joined the choir, before you sing, you have three classes that you have to go to before you can minister. Mm-hmm. 
I never knew singing was a ministry. Mm-hmm. I never knew it was my ministry. Mm-hmm. I never heard it talked about in those terms. Mm-hmm. That the calling on the calling, my calling could be singing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I never I'm you thinking minister or ministry, I only thought of in terms of being an actual minister. Mm-hmm. You're called to be a minister, that is your ministry. Mm-hmm. I didn't look at ushering as a ministry. Mm-hmm. That's a ministry everybody called to do it. You know what I'm saying? So it just defined and you know, show me that Lisa, what you doing is a ministry. Mm-hmm. And you have to be prepared and you have to study and you have to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. The same way a minister does when he get up there and and, and, and teach. And and teach. teach I have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you would not be able to go to Africa to do that. Go to Kenya, put the church. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So my ministry is just as important as powerful. Mm-hmm. I have to do, be prepared. You just can't get up there and see, I, you know, none of, we never did none of that. It was a requirement at the potter's house. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, no, you just get up there and sing because you can sing. Oh, no. Yeah. No. No. You some other stuff you got to do first. And uh, growing up in a big church, like, I didn't really... I mean, we went to smaller churches when we go back to St. Louis for summers and stuff like that. But that was short-lived. So, like, I only grew up in... The only church I really know is the Potter's House. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, how services so, run. Yeah. It's a mega church. So, when I got to college and I started attending, like, some smaller church services and stuff. And just heard people's perspective on it. I never knew, like, the perspective people had of mega churches versus, like, smaller ones, non-denominational versus, you know, the Baptist, Presbyterian, all that stuff. Uh, so it's just really interesting to see. But it's not like that everywhere. It's know? not. And the teaching is definitely... It's definitely different. I didn't and then the just the order and structure. Mm-hmm. We start at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Whoever here, start mm-hmm. starting at 9. 9 o'clock, we're going. Mm-hmm. We out 11. And that's the Holy Spirit. Then Bishop ain't going to quench it. Mm-hmm. But you, 1 or 2 o'clock, why, why are we still at church? Mm-hmm. Church start at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Why are we still here? Or we waiting on people to get there. What? No, what? Yeah, no. Y'all trying to just stall because people ain't coming. What time church start? Mm-hmm. We start at nine. You know, like just the mm-hmm. whole order and structure. It don't matter who heard. We start at nine o'clock. It's probably necessary as you get bigger. Yeah. So you know, what I'm saying the order was this. You know, I didn't even know. I didn't even know preachers use notes to preach because I'd never seen bishop use notes. I didn't start seeing like pastors use notes until like. And so, like, I got to college. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I, like, even, like, Pastor, Pastor, like, I had, he would have, like, a Bible open or something. And now we got all this technology. So, we got, like, computers mm-hmm. and iPads and stuff. But I had never seen a pastor, like, have to go back and refer to his notes mid-sermon because Bishop Jake that's never not, did that. That's Bishop not what you He just, so even, like, I noticed, like, me, like, when I had kind of started, like, going into preaching and, like, studying ministry and teaching and stuff like that. Of course, like, I, I write outlines and stuff like that and all that, and I have notes that I do study, and I know he does too, but I would... I, when I first started, even now, like, I pref- I'm i not going to say I prefer to not use them. Like, I always have them with me, but I really don't refer to them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, be, I know... My goal is always to know them so well that I don't have to, but I find myself... you only The only time I use notes when I'm preaching or teaching... Is if I'm on the time, if they give me a time limit. Mm-hmm. And that way I won't just start mm-hmm. going off saying everything I have in me. I'll mm-hmm. make sure I hit what I have on my notes. Mm-hmm. You know, that way I can be under time. But if you don't give me no time limit, I'm a, I don't need, I won't need to revert back to my notes to be able to teach or preach on whatever I'm on because I've studied that much. But I thought that was normal. Normal, because that's thought, what you saw. That's mm-hmm. what you grew up seeing. So, and if I, I feel like if I don't, have enough in me from my studying to be able to do that, then maybe that's just what that I That right there, which means that that means you got to study and know to know. Like, I didn't even know that was a mm-hmm. thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, which, I always had them and would take them and write them, but I thought when it came time to deliver, mm-hmm. um, it was just... And I, your notes is really supposed to just be an outline. Mm-hmm. That's the only... That's the only... Them the only time... Which I always have it with me, but... The only way I like revert to it, like in the middle of my teaching, right, is if, right. Because normally I really don't forget stuff like that. I might forget like something small or whatever, but but that just. But I'm a visual person too, so yeah. that's just what I saw. And I always make you say, if you got to keep heavily so 
on your nose. Do you really know what you, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or you start to, because that's what we see. Mm-hmm. We don't, like, you, you got to know this like stuff. Speakers, yeah. like, I don't know. I guess that's, that's just my yeah. natural, like, gift mm-hmm. and ability is just, like, public speaking and stuff like that. Um, so I get that, but I just, I didn't even know that until I got to, like, college and start seeing mm-hmm. other preachers and teachers. Like, I was like, oh, wow. You know? And he didn't, and then, like, even, like, at some churches, like, the church I interned at, he has, like, a little board. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he'll tap on it. And, mm-hmm. and I get that's for, like, visual aid, mm-hmm. but it's not because he doesn't know it. Right. And there's nothing wrong with having that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it helps. And it helps me stay on track when I am trying to stay in time. Room, but I didn't realize how much the Potter's House has shaped my oh, view of church. Okay. And, like, I didn't realize, like, how spoiled I was getting that depth of word. And even at home, like, that's a whole other podcast that we talk about. It's like... You know, growing up like in a household that is conducive to nurturing. Like, what was that book you was telling me about? Oh, this is a book that I highly recommend. It's called "Awakening the Natural Genius of Black Children" by Amos Wilson. Amos, ain't that your grandpa's name? Mm-hmm. But this is an amazing. I read this book so many times. Mm-hmm. This book is amazing. And I'm not gonna say you had genius children, but all of us. Well, Samuel is at a dual early college, high, high school, school. graduated associate's degree. Your other three children, one of them graduated from college. Other, well, two of them now. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, two of them graduated from college. One of them is about to graduate. All of us got thirties on our ACTs. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna say we get genius. Yeah. We're geniuses, but we're pretty. We're kind of smart. And he has another book that I recommend, too. It's called The Developmental Psychology of the Black Child. I recommend same author. Read those. Give them to a mother. Even if she ain't got no kids yet and she want to be a mother. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend And that book is books. like... And this book, this was... Yeah. Hmm. So, just to bring you back before we close, like, just back to the names. Um, so, I think I think all of us, all your children, going to give our, our, our children some sort of Arabic name somewhere, mm-hmm. whether it's in the, first, the whole name, five names, like Samina, mm-hmm. the middle name or something. Um, but as far as, like, our names, uh... I guess you would, but I'm just going to ask you anyway. Would you say we have, like, lived up to yes. what those names? I, I, I believe. I believe you have. And you know what, kid? When I was doing it, I didn't... Re- I mean, I knew... it. That's why you do it. Mm-hmm. So, as a parent, you can't be all frivolous. Mm-hmm. It irritates me sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I got to... Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. some Everybody of the names... But I get it. It's mm-hmm. like... What where you was your mind at at the time that you named mm-hmm. this child? Mm-hmm. So wherever you're at mentally, mm-hmm. it's gonna reflect in your children. Yeah. Just even by the name. All these putting names together and what do I mean? Mm-hmm. So we just was sitting here discussing it. I went back and reviewed what y'all name means. To get the revelation that y'all grew up into your name. Mm. So when I gave you the name, I was prophetically speaking that over your life. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what, you know what I'm saying? That was something prophetic that I was doing when I gave y- y'all that name. Mm-hmm. Y'all have grown into those names. That's why you post That's how you're supposed to name your children. Yeah. And I always say, if you're not, if you, I feel like everybody should look up what their name means just because. Mm-hmm. And even if it means something you don't agree with, oh, well, you don't got to mm-hmm. be that. And if your name don't got a meaning, you got some sort of made up name, mm-hmm. combo name, exotic name, give it your own meaning. Yeah. Like, how do you think words got their meaning? Somebody just made it. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's cool. But um, I think that's all the time we got for today. Um, so many doors open, so many avenues open for other future conversations. But thank you, Ma, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for giving me and all my siblings all the names that you gave us, and just for you know 
Y'all got like a little preview sneak peek into mm-hmm. how I grew up and what I dealt with. Y'all didn't heard my mama talk. Y'all, this her personality, y'all, all all <laughs> the time. Y'all see, y'all can imagine what my household was like. And my dad, y'all just heard my daddy master interrogator. So, guess who was getting away with nothing as a child? But um, yeah. Um, thank y'all for tuning in to episode twelve of Against the Grain. Ma, do you want to pray us out this time? Okay. Thank you, son, for asking me. I really enjoyed it. It was amazing. Of course. Father God, we just thank you, oh God. We just thank you for being such an awesome and such an amazing God. We thank you because you're faithful, God. We thank you for keeping us, keeping our minds, keeping our bodies. God, I pray a special blessing over everyone that has heard this podcast on the day and those that will hear it. I hope that I said something that blessed their life, oh God. I pray for a kill as you continue to give him the inspiration, oh God, to speak to people. I know that there are those that you have assigned to him. And I just pray, mm-hmm. oh God, that you continue to lead and guide him as I know you will, as I know you have already done. We give you honor, we give you glory, and we give you praise. It's because of you, God. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mommy. Thank you. So Love you. Love you. I'm Mama's boy for those of y'all that didn't know. But yeah, catch y'all in the next episode of Against the Grain. Y'all going to the Grain with the week, all that good stuff. See y'all later. Peace.